The Burt Show. Is it bad form to snack on an item, a food item that you're going to buy at the grocery store? Yes. It's bad form? Uh, yes. So. Now, I mean, if it's like, I, I think we're going to play this clip and they even use this as the example. If it's like a banana or if it's like a grape where you're paying for by the pound, that seems inappropriate to me. Because well, you're stealing. <laughs> yeah, because you're stealing. You can't wait at the end because it's in your belly. But what if you're like, <clears throat> I don't know, buying chips? Yeah, I've done that. Te- technically, it's not yours till you buy it, right? Yeah. yeah, you haven't paid for it yet. All right, so that was the question one TikToker was asking the other day as she was checking out. I also opened this in store. I'm sorry, I was so hungry. Okay. And then the I- Today Show started discussing if it's appropriate or not. You're, you're buying grapes. Those are weighed by the pound, so you can't eat those ahead of time. <laughs> but, you know, a package of sushi that you're going to pay for, a thing of Oreos, whatever you want, as long as you pay for yeah. it. Do we want to live in a world <laughs> where we go to the grocery store <laughs> and, and people are treating the grocery store aisles like it's some sort of buffet? And 63% of Today.com readers said that they would never eat in the grocery store. Thank so that's, God. That's well, free you know. yourself. Try it once yeah. and see how free I've done, I've done this. I've done it. Yeah, and I did it. Um, I was actually at Target, and I had my two-year-old with me, and I forgot to bring a snack. So I went to his snack aisle, and I got some crackers. I opened the box, and I gave him some. <laughs> and then we paid for him when we left. This might make me a hypocrite, but that sounds like an emergency. Okay. When you have a hungry two-year-old, but just you're hungry. If you're an adult, you can wait until you pay for the product. Mm-mm. Uh, I, <laughs> I see pro- I'm walking down the aisle. There's a protein bar there. All of a sudden, I'm like, I didn't think I was hungry, but I am. And then I just start eating it. The beginning of Aladdin is all about this. He took an apple and started eating it and then got chased by guards. That's how you know it's wrong. Kaylee. Yeah, so I had an ex-girlfriend the one time. Well, actually, it happened a few times. We would go into the grocery store, and she was craving pickle juice. So she went into the pickle aisle, opened up the pickles, no. and started drinking the uh-uh. juice Absolutely. out of the jar. No. She she paid for the jar, though, right? Well, one time she pissed me off. I was like, I ain't paying for that. <laughs> well, so, don't put well, it back? Yeah. <laughs> what? 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 Oh, she crazy. drank out of the jar and put it back on the shelf? Well, she made me mad. <laughs> that's not even a question. That's oh, actually nasty. illegal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. Come get me, okay? <laughs> See, no, now you have those buttheads that were going through the mm-hmm. frozen food section, licking ice cream yep. and putting it back, and now you've just given the idea <laughs> for these idiotic TikTokers to go into the pickle aisle and start chugging pickle juice and putting it back. There's, You're welcome. They're spitting in iced tea, um, like the Arizona iced tea, big uh-huh. gallon buckets, too. They're opening them and spitting oh. them. No, 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 no. What? People. No, 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 no. Can we have nothing? No, we can't. We have no nice things because of idiots. Some of you guys really hate this idea. I brought it up a decade ago of a line in the sand day. Some of you just hate this, that if you're with a dude or you're with a woman and you guys have been with each other for a certain amount of time, you have made it clear that marriage is a priority for you. That is a major part of this whole thing, that I want to be married to you. It's important to be to be in the institution of marriage. And they drag their feet, and they drag their feet, and they drag their feet, and here you are frustrated and frustrated and frustrated rather than give them a verbal ultimatum, which really messes you up because then you wonder, would he ever have proposed to me if I wouldn't have said that I'm going to walk out the door? So you have a mental line in the sand day, whatever that day is for you. Look, if he doesn't propose by March 5th, 
I am absolutely out of here, and you can't go back on it. Which is different than an ultimatum, because an ultimatum, you have to verbalize. Like, you actually tell them, hey, if you don't propose by X date, I'm walking out that door. Which I had a friend do, and 17 years later, they're still happily married with three kids. Is that right? Yes. Really? I will never forget. She was like, (laughs) if you don't propose by the end of the year, I'm out. He proposed. They got married. Three kids later, they're still very happy. Was it December 31st at 11.57? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. He snuck it in under the wire, baby. At the buzzer. And my motivation for this is I've known too many women in my life that date guys six, seven, eight years, 25 to 32 years old or 30 to 35, and then they just wake up one morning and their dudes are like, you know what? I don't really believe in marriage. Or they walk out the door and there you are, seven, eight years into this thing, and you had every expectation of getting married, and he just decides that it's over, right? So, have that line in the sand day. I, I like the line in the sand day. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't like the ultimatum for the fact that I would always have that feeling of, would you have done it if I didn't mm-hmm. ask you to yeah. do it? And I wouldn't want it that way. But if you make it aligned in the sand day and you don't verbalize it, and that's just what you feel, I see nothing wrong with that. Here is na- I'm sorry, Abby. Go ahead. Oh, no. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't think there's anything wrong with setting an expectation that I would like to be married by a certain time. But to me, there's a, there would be a part of me that's like, do I really want to be married to someone who has to be told that I, I want to be be married or, or proposed to? Because if you know me and you know that I want to be married and that's something that's important to me, like, and we're together for five years, why? I, I don't think I would want to be with someone where it would take them five years to be like, oh, okay, so let's right. use the age. So essentially... You would have a date in your mind, though, right? Yeah, and I think I would just be walking away by, you know, a certain point. To Mm -hmm. me, if I get to five years, I I really need to look in the mirror and be like, well, why did I stay with this person if they're not dying to be with me in the same way that I'm excited to be with them? So why are we even bringing this up here? Because Nancy has essentially got herself a line in the sand date already, and she's thinking, look, if this dude doesn't do it by a certain date, bye-bye. Hey, Nancy. Hi. Yeah. Um, Well, I thought I was going to get proposed to on Christmas, uh, and then that didn't happen. So I assumed it would be New Year's. And of course, that didn't happen either. Uh, And we've been together for five years, and he keeps telling me we're going to get married one day, but there's just excuse after excuse after excuse. It's just just it's driving me insane. Like, at first, it's, oh, I don't have money for a ring. But he just bought himself prop as a Christmas present to himself. He's got the money. Mm-hmm. And I'm not getting any younger. I mean, my Instagram feed is just full of Botox and, and ads for freezing my exits. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the same feed. You're being targeted. Yeah, I feel you. So you, got, you have told him that you want to be married to him. He has said, I want to be married to you also. And that hasn't happened. And you're just getting frustrated now. Yes. He, he, two years ago, he gave me a promise ring, promising another ring. Promise, it, what? <laughs> yeah, that's his promising, delaying. <laughs> Asking. Promising to drag his feet is right. the promising to do. So how many times have you brought it, how, how many times have you brought sorry. it up to him? I mean, I brought it up a number of times. I feel like I... And uh, I don't know, I, for me, I just, I, I said to myself, if he doesn't propose to me by Valentine's Day, I'm, I'm walking away. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not sure if I should 
if I should tell him that he's that I've put clock on no. now because he knows he knows that I want to get married. Obviously, yeah. because he's had all these excuses. Like he's had the excuse that he doesn't have the money. He had the excuse that he wanted to finish grad school. He had the excuse, what's the rush? So yeah, you've obviously talked about this. He knows it's important to you and it's something you want, right? He got himself a truck for Christmas. Good for him. Knows his worth. Whatever. But now he needs. <laughs> now, now King needs to know Queen's worth. Yep. And I honestly don't think you should tell him. And if he doesn't propose by Valentine's Day, then then if you have the cojones to do it, you walk away. Right. And you can walk away cleanly. Like he was just going to put it off more and more and more and more and more. So I, I'm totally with you on it. What made you think that he was going to do it for Christmas or for, for New Year's Eve? Like, Was it something he did specifically or you just drew that yourself? Well, I mean, we went away to a cabin and I, you know, it was romantic and there were candles and then it's just, oh, slippers. <laughs> yeah. What? Slippers? Yeah, what? Oh, I thought she for said Christmas, slippers. It was the gift. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, look, do what you think is right. I think this line in the sand day is absolutely appropriate in a case like this. You've told him it's been years. Like you said, you're not getting any younger. A promise ring. Jesus. Yeah, that, that, um, that don't buy you two years. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So keep your line in the sand day, but you just can't go back either because then you go back over and over and over again, and before you know it, it's been a decade. All right, but what if she walks... And then he's like, oh, damn. And then he proposes. Well, Do you accept? Like he After the walk? Yeah, after the walk. Ooh. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I, I, think, I think so. I think you give him, that, that's shock therapy right there. Right? I think so. I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. If you're not as excited as I am to be married, then it's not going to work. All right, why don't, we, why don't we cross that bridge when we get to it? Okay. All right, we got a couple of months there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nancy, we'll talk to you the week before Valentine's Day. And if he does propose to you before then, give us a call. Okay, I will. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. She's so, like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you can hear she's just deflated, right? The Bird Show. This is a real shocking revelation for one 17-year-old who has gone on a TikTok and... It's such shocking revelation that it's gone viral. Her observations are going viral because she realizes that the more time she spends on social media, the more depressed she gets. <gasps> wow. Who would have thought? Right? Here she is. This is the one that's going viral because she downloaded like this new app. I think it's called Opal. Uh, and it charts how much time you're spending on social media. And I guess if you don't, if you're not charting it, you don't realize like half your freaking day is spent online, man. And that's what they're designed to do, right? I would just lay in the same position for like easily six hours, seven hours straight. And afterwards, I just felt like such a zombie. They gave me the statistic that I was on track to spend 17 years of my life on my phone by the time I turned like 60 or 70. And that was my biggest wake up call. You think? It's almost a fourth of your life (laughs) online. How long, when you guys get into one of those rolls, rabbit holes, how long can you spend online just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling before you look at the clock and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's been blank. Mm. I I spend so long that TikTok sends a video and says, hey, you've been scrolling for a really long time. Do you want to stop? There there are those? Yep. Come on. Usually hits after about two hours. Oh, that's nothing. Two hours. Yeah, no, I haven't. So my scrolling, and I think a lot of moms can relate to this, um, 
and it doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, like you spend all your day dedicated to other people. Mm-hmm. And then once you put the kid to bed, you mm-hmm. just want some time to yourself. So you will sit there and you will lay in bed and you will scroll and scroll and scroll. And then before I know it, I'm like, how is it already 930? <laughs> right. Like, well, and obviously 930 is late for us because of when we have to get up. Um, and I'm just like, where did the time go? It's a time suck. It's so hard to continue to tell yourself, like, you're being manipulated. Like, they're keeping you online for a reason. These algorithms are so sophisticated. They know what they're doing, right? And they're manipulating us. And when you're young, it's very, very difficult to have that kind of discipline. Here she says, um, social media um, only drained her time. It affected her self-worth. When someone has 100 million, millions of followers, and they look a certain way, act a certain way, and are this standard of beauty almost... I just immediately interpret that as the reason I don't have those things is because I'm not good enough and I'm not pretty enough. I mean, it's things we talk about every day, mm-hmm. right? What was the name of that show that was on Netflix that exposed the algorithms? And social all that? Network. Was it the social? I think so. Was that the name of it? I think not, so. Not the Zuckerberg one. Oh, that was the one that changed it for me. I'm not sure. Uh, there was. It was a documentary. Yeah. We were talking about it for weeks. Dang it. I know. Let's keep talking because I know you have another um, clip to play. And it really makes you realize, like, how manipulated you are. Like, the people that design the algorithm are telling you, like, I feel like crap because I know that I... The social dilemma. The social dilemma. There you go. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I know that I created something that's manipulating your kids. Here she is uh, saying that she's really happy to be free as she's cutting back her time on it. When I'm not constantly scrolling through social media, I feel like there's just, like a huge weight off my shoulders. I think you kind of felt this with the dating apps. Yeah, I mean, you're spending so much time in a world that's not real, mingling, if you will, with people that you don't know and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It's It's a highlight reel. And that's such a cliche to say that because in the age of social media, so many people have come out and been like, this is just my highlight reel. This is not really what's going on. But when you're that young, you don't have the life experience and the mm-hmm. context to understand that that's not just something people are saying on social media. It really is the truth. I really want to give her her due credit to be 17 and this self-aware. That's true. That, that is really I mean, true. that's that's really, really impressive. I know what helped me after watching The Social Dilemma. I, I never really had a problem with the scroll part of it because I don't scroll for long at all, but I check my phone constantly. That's what gets me. The I leave my, Right, like constantly picking it up every time I see a notification. So I leave my phone in a different room now for like hours. I won't even be next to it. It's, I, I think we're at a time now, and this is not just a teen thing. Um, we, we don't know how to be bored anymore. No. I, I'm yes. totally and completely guilty of this, man. Like, for the four weeks that I really tried to put my phone away, uh, you know, like sitting in the lobby of a doctor's office or whatever and not having my phone in my hand and just staring forward felt so odd. We just aren't used to that anymore. For me, the hardest part is feeling disconnected from references that people will have. Like TikTok for me is one of the hardest things to let go because if I stay off TikTok for a week and then I'm out like with my friends, they'll say something or they'll reference something they'll see on TikTok and I'll be like, oh, I didn't see that. And you feel really out of the loop and it's weird because social media will keep you so disconnected from people. But at the same time, if you're not on social media, you're missing out on everything that people are talking about. So it's this weird cycle that's so hard to get out of. It is a vicious circle and like i said before they know exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. they know exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. that for you page is eerie <laughs> isn't it how well it knows you yes the bird show kristen's about to tell you one of the things that she is giving up for january and before she does that let me add this i am taking back one of the things i told you guys 
I was going to get off of in January. So I'm doing the whole dry January thing, which is challenging enough for a guy like me. <laughs> um, but I'm also, uh, my doctor has me on this detox because I told you guys a while ago, like my chemical, my mercury levels are through the roof, mostly because I eat salmon nine times a day. <laughs> um, through the roof, and I got some chemical things going on in there that I'm trying to detoxify. So it's like a really strict diet, right, for the next 28 days, and I think I start next week. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to push the effectser, the quitting the effectser oh. off for another month. It's just too much in January, man. And yeah. I already get cranky during this show in the 9 o'clock hour because I'm tired. I'll be a real bitch giving up all that. You know who appreciates this the most? Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought of that, right? It's just too much. Gotcha. You know, I, I do think that sometimes you can get caught up in your New Year's resolutions because you put so much on your slate that when you fail at one, then it's like dominoes. And you're like, oh, I've already messed it up so i don't want to make that mistake it's it's great to be ambitious but you don't want to be overly ambitious to the point that you end up screwing yourself yeah and the things that i'm taking off my plate are literally mood changing uh not drinking which i'm really feeling great about but now my diet's going to change which can also you know make you kind of cranky and then testing the effects are out this month forget it i'll start doing that in february all right sounds good so for you yes i am going to eliminate something from my life but before i did that i wanted to talk to a professional so, Cassie, <laughs> I need you to grab the mic. You are our EVP of digital and marketing. You oversee our social media. You started as our social media director here on The Burt Show, and you have since spread your wings. I know this is, like, part of our job, and there is, like, a professional aspect of it. However, this app... I haven't opened, and I can't remember when, and I just opened it this morning to figure out how to delete it and deactivate it. Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> That's not social media. Um, I, I want to I wanna get rid of X, formerly known as Twitter. Oh. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't have, like, buku followers, but I got, like, 47,000 followers, which is, like, you know, somewhat decent. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I, I don't check it anymore. Um, I, when I do check it, my feed is typically just a bunch of ads. It's not the actual people I follow. And yeah, I was wondering, do I just go ahead and bite the bullet and just get rid of it? Cause I spend most of my time, I do spend an inordinate, inordinate amount of time on social media. And honestly, that's just on Instagram. I, I do think that we have a ten, maybe it's just me and you. Uh, I have a tendency to use the excuse that I need social media because of our jobs, but yeah. then I get glued to it and sucked in. That has nothing to do with the job whatsoever. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah. I, do I use it for work? Yes. Do I primarily use it for work? Psh, no. I just <laughs> love showing you guys how cute my son is. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Right? All right. So is it a mistake to delete X, formerly known as Twitter. I think it would be a mistake to delete your account. I don't think it's a mistake to delete the app. And so what I mean by this is I would leave your account and all your followers live in case you change your mind down the line or there is a message you want to send out. But I think you the whole point of social media is to engage in a community. And if you're not using it for mm-hmm. that, but you have a community, you're engaging with people on like Instagram, mm-hmm. well, that's your spot. I mean, you have Facebook. I'm sure you're not engaging with people on there every day. No, because people are mean. Exactly. <laughs> so like go where you feel good engaging with people. And that way you're still doing stuff for the job. You're still getting joy out of it. So I would say delete it, but I would leave your account. Account intact. Maybe See, I, I want to miss- deactivate my account because what's the point? 
Because then, well, here's where also I, me. I not that I, you know, our digital footprint is a little larger than most because of what we do for a living. We record ourselves every single day. Tons of videos on YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff. So I feel like I have a little bit of control of what my digital footprint is. So if I'm not, if I'm going to delete the app, I just want to like I don't want it to be there. Here's the thing about. The only reason why I haven't deleted X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, is because to me, if it's like breaking news, that's the place that I go to just for that. Um, but it doesn't have really anything See? to hardly to do at all with interaction anymore. And I, that's where I used to get my breaking news, and I don't anymore. I get it from Instagram. Mm. Well, there you mm. go. Then you don't need it at all. Yeah. I only use X to get information, too, at this point. I don't use it for anything else, just to get see what's going on with the world and to bring that to work. So my thing is, I understand what you're saying. For It's for the account. Like, say, down the line, you, you've talked about write, wanting to write a children's book. Or maybe you want to do fundraising for Bird's Big Adventure. You have a platform with built-in followers, oh. and that can only be Why useful you to you down the, the line. Into it. <laughs> well, I'm saying you can have the best of both worlds. You can just not use it anymore. You could even throw up a message like, hey, find me on Instagram at Chris Kling, mm-hmm. and then d- delete the account so you can't access it anymore. But then if down the line you're ever like, oh, I need to go on Twitter for something. You can re-download the app and your stuff is still there. Mm. So you can take yourself out of the loop without erasing yourself. Well, also the algorithm feeds into the things that you interact with. So if you haven't been on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. It's literally been a month. Like I opened it today to figure out how to deactivate my account. You feel like you missed anything? No. There you go. Well, but, if the, but the algorithm will feed you things that you want to see. Like, for example, if I have a break where I'm just looking at Twitter and I like one fan edit of the new Hunger Games film, now all of a sudden I'm on the Hunger Games side of Twitter and I'm getting all these fun conspiracy theories to look at and like other, uh, like other um, you know, prequels that may come out. So I think like if you want to do something like write a children's book, maybe find that corner of Twitter and start interacting with it. And maybe that's how you'll fall down the rabbit hole of finding that community where it's actually going to be a value to you. It's just, I I think it's an unhealthy platform. I think that a lot of people like to provoke others Mm -hmm. on it, you know, just for the sake of provoking. In our case, it can be used sort of against us for passive aggressiveness or, you know, it's just, it's just another place where you have to kind of protect yourself. Which is why I haven't posted anything since November 28th. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So let it go. You don't need it. Delete, 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 delete. No, I mean, I never check it. So to me, deleting, that doesn't, I don't feel like I accomplished anything. It's the deactivating that I would feel like I accomplished something. Mm. Like literally just getting rid of it. Poof, I'm gone. Poof. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show. Let's get an update from the weekend here because this one should have been super dramatic, man. When you're going to meet the husband's mistress and then set him up, It's going to be bad. So juicy. So she had been married to her husband for nine years and everything was great. I mean, she had no inkling that there was anything wrong with their relationship. And so one day she actually goes to her friend's furniture store. She's like, I'm looking for a dining room table, need to spruce up our space. So she goes and she tells her friend, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And she goes, the friend goes, well, your husband just came in like a week ago and bought a dining room table. Here's the receipt and everything. So now she's like, wait a second. He didn't buy a dining room table. We don't have anything at our house. So she went on like this whole deep dive and found out that he has been supporting a mistress, like paying for bills, paying for a condo. So she had to confront the mistress 
ends up going to the condo, shows up. Mistress is super freaked out, had no idea. And she's like, hey, can we talk? Mistress is like, yes, but in the parking lot. They go to the parking lot. And she didn't give us any of the juicy details about, you know, what had been going on. But we did find out that she had plans to confront the husband at a restaurant with the mistress. I thought this was a terrible idea, but uh, she's going through with it, and now we're going to find out what happened. I read the headline to an article this weekend. It was very almost similar to this, except when the wife and the mistress ended up meeting, they liked each other so much that they went on vacation together. <laughs> I have a podcast episode like this. Is that they, right? they have matching T-shirts that said, my, uh, my husband divorced me, and all I got was his mistress. <laughs> and they say sometimes they wear them out to, to like dinner and stuff. That's amazing. It's amazing. So Kristen has the email update. As my husband and I were driving to the restaurant, I contemplated texting the mistress and nixing the whole thing. He could tell something was off with me. I lied, said I started my period and wasn't feeling great. He asked if I'd prefer to go back home. It was the way he said it, like he'd be relieved to not have dinner with me. Mm. That's when I knew I had to go through with it. We got to the restaurant, sat down at a booth. I purposefully sat down first to make sure I had a view of the door. I didn't want to see, I didn't want him to see her come in, and I wanted that heads up before she sat down. The plan was for her to arrive about 30 minutes after us. 30 minutes came and went, then 45, then an hour. We were finishing up our entrees, and I was convinced she had decided to bail. I couldn't blame her because I had contemplated the same thing. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where on paper you see it in the movies and it works out flawlessly, but when you're really in it, you're like, no, I can't do that. Uh, We declined dessert from our server, and as he walked away to get our check, there she was. Oh, she showed up! Walking towards our booth. My heart started pounding, and I scooted in to make room for her. She sat down without saying a word, and we both stared at him. <laughs> I want the video so bad. He was utterly speechless. <laughs> I bet. You could see the wheels spinning at warp speed. <laughs> I took the lead and said, This is Ariana. She's a new friend of mine. Turns out we have something in common. We've both been lied to by you. I would have thrown up. <laughs> was just right there on the table. <laughs> <laughs> he started to speak, but in quotations, Ariana shut him down, and told him it was time for him to listen. Mm. She spoke her piece. I spoke mine. Without him ever saying a word, we both got up and left. Neither one of us had any interest in what he had to say because we knew we couldn't trust or believe him. I'm staying at my sister's while he and I handle our separation. She's breaking her condo lease, which he's on the hook for because it's in his name, and crashing with a friend until she gets on her feet. The moment was incredibly (laughs) satisfying, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't heartbroken. It's going to take time, but I'm ready for this chapter to be closed so I can focus on myself and my healing. Thanks for going on this wild ride with me. Just promise to continue to make me laugh each morning because I could definitely use it. Wow. This is, uh, of course, you got to sit in this kind of heartbreak. Um, It's a it's a brutal way to break up right here. (laughs) Very dramatic, but you're going to have to sit in this a while. This really, really sucks bad. 
I'm impressed. She seems like she's really ready to move on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of expected, even if this were, even if she like actually confronted the husband, which she inevitably did, which I thought was a bad idea at first, I thought she was going to kind of drag it out because like nine years of marriage Mm -hmm. with someone is not nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very impressed with you um, wanting to cut that cord because I think it is the healthiest thing for you. Yeah, this is going to take time, like she said, the process, but I am not mad at how they handled this at all. I'm with Bert on wishing it was a video. <laughs> and like you always say, it's one of those things that you see and you know people want to do, but you don't actually do it, and, and they did it, and I can only Ooh. imagine what that felt like for him. Man, the amount of strength that they had to channel in order like, to go through mm-hmm. with that. Yes. And now the strength she's going to have to channel to get through a separation. But, girlfriend, Bert Show's here for you. Hey, the Bird Show. So we got to get Jen on the phone here. She's about to hook up a friend with one of her exes, and she's not going to tell her that this used to be the ex. All right, is it shady or not? Hey, Jen, good morning. Hi, good morning. All right, do I have that right? Yeah. Uh, so my friend Rachel and I have been friends for about a year now, and she just seems to have the worst luck dating. Like, I... I don't know what it is, but she can't seem to attract good men. And I have a friend that I dated for about six months. And this was like two years ago. Like it's it's long done and over. But I just think they would be amazing together. Like really, like I, I just think they're so compatible. And he and I didn't break up for like any sort of like weird reasons. Like he didn't like cheat on me. It was like, it was just like, we, we weren't meant to be together. So I think they would, I just think they would hit it off, but I don't know if I tell her that before I introduce them or after. And I feel like if I tell her before it's going to influence her decision, like she's just not even going to like enter into it wholeheartedly like I I just feel like she's not going to give him a chance if she knows that he and I dated um well you're a really good friend um let me ask the question because there has to be other virtual listeners that have gone through this where you're like you know what he wasn't good for me but I'll set um my friend up with this guy who's a really really great guy and did you tell him in advance or not? One eight five five Bird Show. What would you do here, Abby? For me, I think you're actually being a really good friend by not giving the details of the fact that you guys dated, because then you give her the opportunity to go in with a clean slate and be able to make her own judgment about whether or not she actually likes this guy. Because if she goes in with the context of like, well, you know, Jen dated him, and I, I you know, Jen, I think Jen's really pretty, and I don't know if I feel as pretty as Jen. Is he comparing me to her? I think you're really doing her a favor by letting her go in with an open mind. I feel like you're hiding stuff from mm-hmm. me. Like if you're if you're going to set me up with somebody and you dated him and you were intimate with him and you hide that from me, that's going to have like that's going to have a lasting effect on our on our friendship. Yeah, I don't know if it's different with men and women, but I know for me, I, I would be upset. I would feel the way if you mm-hmm. kept this information from me knowing that it happened and told me after, it would make me feel like you literally set me up. And you have so few things, really, <laughs> to break the ice with and talk about on that first date because it's so awkward anyway in a lot of cases that chances are pretty good it's going to come up, right? Like he might go, so this is a little, is this is, is this kind of weird? And she's going to go, what are you talking about? What a horrible first date yeah, then. Just I'm, just you talking about Jen? Yeah. I, I feel like I know you, th- like, so you are, I, I do commend you. I think your intentions are true. 
and that you think they're going to be a good match. But I think you have to be forthcoming with this information Mm -hmm. and let her make the decision, right? You've known her for a year, which isn't that long of a time when you think about it. Um, And I I know you think you know what's best for her. But, yeah, be like, I have this great guy, X, Y, Z, but I do need to tell you he and I dated – um, but I really do think you all would be a good match. I would, and I would take this news bad either way because even if I did start to like her and I didn't have that information at first, and then you give it to me after, that that would make me just as upset that you withheld it from me. Yeah, but if I'm the friend though, there's always somebody that wants to set you up with whoever, and the first thing that always comes in the back of my mind is, okay, but like, why don't you want him? You know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with him? Like, if you. It, if you if he's so great and he's so wonderful, then why don't you date him? Mm-hmm. Because he could be great, but just not yeah. great for you, right? I think that's the cliche. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah. still. You would still look at it like that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's still like, good enough for you. What's wrong with me. him? <laughs> that, that would be one of my first questions. If you told me that you all, like, you you had dated, I'd be like, well, why did, why did y'all right. break up? Yeah. Here's Alexis. Like, I, one, I wouldn't want to, like, influence her decision there. Mm. Like, And also, like, I think he would be okay with, like, like, let's let sleeping dogs lie. What's in the past is in the past. Like, I don't think he feels the need to really share that information either. But, like, then it becomes like, this thing where do you ever tell that person? Because I do have a, a male friend where, like, yeah, we drunkenly hooked up one night and now he's married and his wife absolutely has no idea that that happened. Mm. Alexis, good morning. You're part of the bird show. You got something to share? Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Thank you. Good, good. So my best friend, I dated this one guy for about a month or so. And like you guys said, like what was wrong with him? We just like just weren't compatible. I didn't really like feel it. So I was like, you know who you should go out with? You should go out with my friend Lindsay. And they're now happily married, been married three years now. It worked. Happy ending. So there you go. And she knows all the information. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd be honest with her also. I would. I think straight from the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then let her make her own decision. She deserves that. Yeah, you don't want to sacrifice your friendship for this. No. Jen? Are you there? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm taking it all in. I I kind of, like, agree with Alexa. Like, I think, (laughs) I I don't know. I don't don't think it's, like, I think think the the benefits far outweigh the risk, like, Okay, you know you're being you know you're being an asshole right now, right? Well, technically, like, she's taking Abby's advice, so she's not being a <laughs> asshole. Someone took my advice. I'm only taking the advice of who agrees with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen. Good luck. Let us know how it goes. Okay. We'll do. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. The Bird Show. All right, Abby came in here after vacation, surprised us all, and told you guys the same time she told us, uh, she ended up getting a nose job. She got uh, a new nose. Got a new <laughs> nose on vacation. I'm really jealous, and I have never been, like, confident enough to actually do it, but I've been thinking about doing it for 40 years. Oh, my gosh. Bert is jealous of me. <laughs> so jealous. I know. I kept it a secret just because I wanted to be able to talk and explain things on my own time because plastic surgery, it's it's 50% physical recovery, but I think it's also 50% emotional because if you come out with a nose that you weren't expecting, it's not really something you want to, like, tell everyone about. And it's been funny. I've been going out and, you know, grocery shopping and stuff, and Bert, I can tell who... 
uh, listens to the show because they'll go, oh, you look really good today, which is what I told everybody on air to say when someone notices you get plastic surgery. And now I've had to talk about it so much because I go, thanks, P1. I got a nose job. <laughs> so I figured now would be a great time to be able to talk about my entire experience and answer any questions that I've been getting in my DMs. If y'all had any questions and then we could just put this nose thing to bed because now this is my new face. Yes. This is just how it's always been. So I have been planning to get my nose done for like 18 months. So I made my first consultation in the summer of last year and it took me six months to get into this doctor. If you go to like a very highly regarded rhinoplasty person, it can take literally an entire year just for you to be able to get your surgery. I can understand that because rhinoplasty is one of those um, one of those procedures that can literally alter your entire face. Like you can come out mm-hmm. looking like a completely different person. Yeah, like that and a bad facelift. Mm-hmm. So last year I made the appointment, I get in. And it was like at this very bougie plastic surgery place where everyone goes. And I was really like, had a lot of high hopes. And I go and I had a horrible experience, which sucks because these consultations aren't free. You have to pay for them. And I was like, well, if I don't like you, who do I go to? And ironically, the exact same day that I went, my friend from high school put me on her close friend stories out of nowhere and said, happy 10 years to my new nose. And so I DM'd her. I was like, girlfriend, where did you go? Mm -hmm. And she referred me to the doctor that I asked actually went to who I liked 10 times more. And it was literally like a third of the cost. It was so much cheaper. So I was like, perfect. I found my person. So then I ended up booking it in July for December. And the day of surgery, I have never been so scared in my entire life. You show up to the surgery center, which by the way, I went to somewhere in like the middle of Florida, the surgery center, I kid you not, was a refurbished Walgreens. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and I didn't know because the surgery center is is not the same location as the place where you get your consultation. Because the consultation place I went to was in this old neighborhood I used to live in. It's, you know, it's a nice little doctor's office. And then you roll up to rural Florida and on the side of the road, it's this old Walgreens looking place. And it's like, welcome to Middleburg Surgery Center. <laughs> and so I rolled up in my silky pajamas like, what the hell did I just sign up for? <laughs> they bring you to the back and they make you put like a like a little uh hospital gown on and I literally felt like we were pigs going in for slaughter because it's just all these girls <laughs> waiting to get pretty shut and up they, you're all just lined up you're just all lined up in the back and you've got the only thing separating you is are these curtains and you all just look like fresh little infants with your uh, with so your he, surgical cap on he's just banging out nose after nose after nose L- literally so right <laughs> b- right before I went in for my nose somebody else was coming out so it's like fast food in a way where like one guy goes like leaves the surgery center and then your surgeon's like, are you ready? And you're like, I guess. And then they wheel you back what? in sort what? of like, um, sort of like a, at an amusement park when you're going in for a ride and you're passing the people that are yeah. coming back and then you go in, they just wheel you back. And I'm terrified because as I mentioned, I didn't know what my nose is going to look like because somebody was supposed to send me pictures. I didn't know that. And they, they didn't. So like, he's wheeling me back and I'm like, what's my nose going to look like? And he's like, shut up. Here's the IV. Wow. <laughs> just kidding. No, he, uh, he showed me photos and I was like, well, I guess it's the only thing on the menu. So <laughs> put me out doc. And then I woke up sobbing because of the drugs, but then also because your last memory is someone's about to cut my face open and I don't know what my nose is going to look yes. like. So I'm like sobbing. I go home and I am the kind of person that doesn't even take Advil when I have like a migraine. 
So I was like, I'll I'll wait for the pain meds, which was a mistake. You never you you don't want to you don't want to chase the pain. No. You don't want to oh, chase get, the pain. Get in front of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta stay ahead of it. Yeah. So I start popping my pills once I start feeling the pain. That was a mistake because I was in so much pain. You're so paranoid because you can't roll over in your sleep because then you'll screw up your nose. Because even now I'm three weeks out. If if someone knocks my nose the wrong way, I'm it's I'm screwed. I'm sol. How so, long does it take to harden? Six weeks. So I'm going to be in this state of paranoia for six weeks. So you have to sleep upright like a vampire Mm. with an airplane pillow so you don't roll over and knock yourself. So no dodgeball or kickball anytime soon. Yep, no pickleball, (laughs) no tennis. I'm really out of here. And then you wake up every hour on the hour because you're so afraid you're going to, like, pass out and ruin it. Um, Thank God I'm finally getting good sleep. But, yeah, other than that, you get your nose cast off. You look somewhat freaky. And then every day the swelling goes down. But other than that, my my nose, I can breathe the same way. I smell the same way. And I'm really glad that I did it. So I, mm-hmm. I checked it out about seven or eight years ago. And I went to a doctor and told them what I wanted on my nose. And they took a picture of it and then like CGI'd it to show me what it would look like when it was done. Yep. They did not do that with you? I got it. So I went to three different doctors because I wanted to see what everyone was going to say and also find out who, who's going to be the cheapest. And there was a doctor here that CGI'd it. And that's how I was kind of like, okay, that looks, yeah. it looks basically like it looks now. Wow. Um, and the other crazy fun fact I found about uh, out about rhinoplasty, they have to put cocaine in your nose when, uh-huh. when you get the surgery done. I thought my doctor was joking. He's like, oh yeah, we're going to stitch you up and then put, put the Cocaine, cocaine up there. There's medicinal cocaine. Yeah, Is that right? open, it opens up the air passages. Yeah. Damn, you're transported, transported back to the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> First time doing blow, and I didn't even get to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> get it? The Bird Show. When you guys are watching TV shows, is your default now to also turn the subtitles on? No. 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 Yet. Yeah. No for Kristen. Yes, every single time. I cannot understand a word of what's being said. Even if the volume is at max, it just sounds like... Why is that? I don't know. Well, I do know, actually. There's an issue with sound engineering, and it's a big deal in Hollywood. Um, But the way they engineer sound, it just isn't clear. And then if there's an action movie and there are explosions, all of a sudden, those will shake the walls of the house. (laughs) But when dialogue comes on, hi, my name is Mark. Yeah, it's kind of maddening. (laughs) Yes. You? It depends on the show, but most of the time, I, I do have them on. No, I'm never looking at the TV. I'm usually looking at my phone half listening to the TV. So <laughs> subtitles are useless. <laughs> I think I started watching them uh, years ago. I turned them on years ago because I loved Peaky Blinders, which was set in uh, in Europe. And the accents were so thick. I couldn't really make what they were saying, but it was really interesting. So I turned it I've never turned them off. Really? No, I don't I don't keep them on. There has been one or uh, once or twice where somebody said something and I couldn't make it out. So I rewound it. Turned on the subtitles <laughs> to figure out what they said. And then after I figured out what they said, turned them back off and continued watching the show. I've also noticed that there are times when someone will say something from like behind the scenes almost. Mm. And you would never hear yeah. it if you don't have the subtitles yeah. on. Um, it's the majority of people now. I was just reading the survey. The majority of people, 66%, watch TV now with subtitles on. Mm, I know my parents do, but I just thought that was because they were old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so she's too pretty. She's too pretty. And looks are too much of an emphasis on these dates. So, um, look, she's not having any luck, so she's decided to use the theory like, look, if you're doing the same things over and over again and they're not working, you might as well change it. And in this case, she wants to change her looks. So if you got something interesting going on in your life you want to share it with us, Hit us up at thebirdshow.com. And Mo's got this email. I could really use some advice right now. I'm 22, and my luck with relationships hasn't been all that great. 
My friend dropped this idea that I'm starting to buy into. She thinks guys are only interested in my looks and not the real me. At first, I brushed it off, but now I'm thinking maybe she's onto something. So my friend is setting me up with this guy from her work, but she's only shown him this one not-so-flattering picture of me, and he's still up for meeting. My friends are suggesting I should go super low-key, minimal or no makeup, extremely casual clothing, just me, no frills. Here's where I'm torn. I get the whole be authentic vibe they're giving off, but on a first date, isn't it normal to want to look your best? I mean, when you look good, you feel good, right? I'm all about being real, but going on a date while actually trying not to look good seems like it could also backfire. I'm also wondering if it will affect my confidence and therefore my personality. <laughs> That's a good point. Fair point. That said, it does seem like a good way to know if a guy really is paying attention to me and not just what I look like. What do you all think? Is this a dumb experiment? I think your friend hates you and she's setting you up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think is happening here. I understand the concept behind it. It sounds a little extreme for me for a first date. I would, I'm inclined to agree mainly because... If you're going on a first date, it's a very vulnerable thing. And in my experience, when I don't feel my best, those are always the dates that go the absolute worst. And so if you change how you would normally do something and you show up to this date and you end up getting, again, results that you don't like, then you're going to have to deal with a whole other slew of emotions like, well, did he think I wasn't pretty? Maybe my friend just thought I was prettier than I really was and I should have I had done this. Do exactly what feels right to you. And if that if that means putting on minimal makeup, put on minimal makeup. But I, I think you, you shouldn't switch things up just because your friends think it's the right thing to do. Concur. Yeah, and I I know dating is hard and it's difficult. I don't think it should be this difficult. I actually think you're making it more difficult. You should be able to be yourself on a date, whether it, and what what's going to make you feel most comfortable and give you the most confidence. I don't think you should have to pretty yourself down. I don't think you should have to dumb yourself down. I don't think you should have to do any of that because is that really the person you want to be with if that's the person they like because you weren't being authentically yourself in the very beginning. Is anybody really authentic on a very first date? I mean, aren't you just showing them your best self? No, I'm letting it all hang out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty authentic on the first date, too. Yeah, for sure. And I, I understand the concept of this, but it's almost like you're, 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 you think that you're being more of yourself, but you're really not. You're, you're actually dumbing yourself mm-hmm. down, which I do feel will affect your personality because how you see yourself is a part of your personality. So, no, nah, I don't think you should do this at all. I almost feel like there would be more credibility in a similar test if you gave your friend a toned-down picture of you that she would show him before the date. Mm. So he had to make a decision before looking at this picture where you didn't have as much makeup on or it was a casual picture. And then if he's into it and you show up hottie hottie, um, then he's pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and that's what they've done. Like she's she's only shown him a not-so-flattering picture of her. So, But she's saying go on the date. And look like that also. Yeah. If if, if if you're not comfortable, don't do it. Period. I would, yeah. I would say absolutely. Show up. Look how you feel your best. Put on your favorite outfit and whatever makeup that means for you. Because if this guy's a bad guy, you're going to find out whether you look ugly or whether you don't look ugly. <laughs> you're going to know it. And I do think it'll affect your confidence. You won't feel yourself. No, 100%. Sure. On the date. You're on The Burt Show.